Welcome to Green Talk, a podcast by Green Farmers of Ontario. I'm Megan McKimmy. And I'm Rachel Telford. Here are your green headlines for episode 15. The Canadian Grain Commission is updating its eastern wheat class structure. And effective July 1st, 2019, the Canada Eastern Other Wheat class will be created. And this is going to eliminate some of the other classes of wheat that are currently in existence, including the Canada Eastern Red, the Eastern Hard White Winter, and Eastern Soft White Spring, among others. Now, we talked to Todd Austin, the Manager of Marketing here at Grain Farmers of Ontario, just to find out what exactly does that mean for wheat producers. And what he says is that this new class is going to handle wheat varieties that do not necessarily meet the quality requirements for existing wheat classes, but they do have those qualities that end users want, such as good milling and baking qualities. And the varieties in this new class can be grown under contract and they can be kept separate from other classes of wheat. The intent is to allow seed companies to develop wheat that end users actually want and allow farmers the opportunity to grow these new varieties while not impacting the existing classes and markets for wheat. So the Ontario Soil and Crop uh, Improvement Association has released that they have uh, new cost share opportunities for supporting Dawn testing. Now this, uh, this funding came as part of the Canadian Agriculture Partnership um, that was part of an initiative by Grain Farmers of Ontario uh, and the government to work on uh, some ways to help grain farmers with Dawn. Um, so this specific part will uh, target producers whose corn crop uh, has a presence of Dawn at levels of above five parts per million. Um, so you can receive uh, 50% of your cost share up to a maximum of $2,500 per farm business location to undertake testing in a lab at an elevator uh, to purchase test kits for Dawn or to purchase equipment for testing on farm. So the only eligible costs will be incurred after October 12, 2018. Um, and to find out more about this, you can go to ontarioprogramguides.net or contact uh, Ontario Soil and Crop at cap at ontariosoilandcrop.org. Now, if you're already looking ahead to next season and trying to figure out what is the best variety for you to plant, the um, performance uh, variety performance trials are being issued by the various uh, associations and the most recent to be posted are the Ontario soybean variety trials. You can download the latest report in PDF format at gosoy.ca and that will contain the list of the registered or certified varieties that have been tested for agronomic performance um, in the province as well as their resistance to SCN. So as well, uh, at Grain Farmers of Ontario, we're still looking for some young agriculture professionals to take part in Grains in Action. Uh, So that's, um, as I mentioned, a program for young agriculture professionals to learn more about the grain value chain. Um, That is a bus tour and it takes place from January 21st to 24th. Um, So not only are you going to learn about different aspects of the grain value chain, um, you're also going to meet with industry professionals and it's a really good networking opportunity. So we have um, a couple spaces still available and if you're interested in learning more about that or going on that trip, you can uh, email myself at mmckimmy at gfo.ca. Coming up next on the podcast, we have an in-depth conversation with the chair of Grain Farmers of Ontario, Marcus Hurl. Today on the podcast, we have our chair, Marcus Hurl, and he's going to talk to us a bit more about um, how the 2018 year went and as well looking forward to the 2019 year. And we also recently had our Delegate Policy Day. Uh, So can you just start off by telling us a little bit more about what Policy Day is? 
Policy Day is uh, one of those days that we uh, have the chance to gather all our uh, delegates uh, from the districts and uh, we meet to discuss first of all policies for the future and uh, that GFO is engaged in and uh, also of how uh, impactful we are to an industry and uh, we put out some ideas to the delegates and uh, open it up for discussion and uh, have roundtables uh, and then feedback from that that gives us a, a kind of quite a, view, a big overview of uh, what the thinking is from our members towards what uh, Grain Forest Ontario should work on. It's great to get the feedback from the delegates when they're all together from across the 15 districts versus having those discussions at the individual district level. Yes, because often enough, um, uh, since we're farmers, we don't always look at the big picture. Uh, So uh, it makes the dialogue a little bit more broad. And uh, we have to remember Ontario is quite large in its uh, geographical outlay. So we have uh, farmers from the east to west to north uh, that uh, might have different concerns and uh, we need to capture all that and uh, put it all in motion. And I guess one topic we were talk- we discussed a lot was uh, Dawn this year. So can you tell us a bit more about, um, there was an AgriCorps update that we had, um, a, a bit about what was focused on during that. Yes, uh, again, yesterday at the policy day, um, uh, the uh, CEO from um, AgriCorp came in and uh, he did a presentation to our uh, delegates because of a a large uh, number of farmers out there have concerns about how the messaging was being done through this whole harvest season from AgriCorp and uh, some frustration levels were running fairly high. So it was actually the perfect time to have uh, him come in and explaining us, first of all, where AgriCorp is at the present time and the reportings that have come in. So just giving you a few figures of uh, what um, what was discussed is uh, harvesting uh, of uh, corn is roughly between 80 and 85% complete. Uh, the uh, customers that uh, reported damage uh, from the high VOM levels uh, of their crop are running in the uh, 2,300 uh, customers that put in claims. Of that, um, we do not uh, know the full extent, but there's a rough number out there at the moment of about 500,000 acres that are uh, affected by that out of the uh, uh, 1.6. 1.8 million acres uh, of production so it uh, it is a fairly large area that's actually affected by all this so by saying all that uh, there's also some higher level um, uh, fields that were uh, considered now by AgriCorp to be written off and uh, they're running in the uh, 16,000 acres that's uh, really in the high high level and out of that some of it has been destroyed already. One of the um, comments from the delegates that was made to AgriCorps was some of the confusion about what had to be reported when, the, the testing, and what can be written off, and, and, and what tests are going to be used as part of their claims, whether that's what's in the bin right now or when it gets marketed. And a lot of the delegates felt that there was some confusion between what the adjusters were saying and what they were hearing from the CEO when we had policy day. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's actually, I think, one of the frustration levels of how we got to where we are today because uh, AgriCorp um, needed to work through the system, but they also needed to learn how to communicate with the farmers directly because each case is individual. Um, Each load that's being harvested gets tested individually and um, there is also a lot of differences on uh, testing methods out in the countryside so this needed to be all cleared up and um, i think as the the process went on from agricorp they are coming up to ways of working with it and uh, clearing some of that miscommunication up a little bit more but there is still some concern of how uh, the adjusters take the approaches towards now finalizing some of the uh, reporting and the final yields, because um, as we get to the end of the yield, uh, the year yields need to be reported. Uh, now there's corn in storage that needs to be also assessed on its values of warm. So uh, the big question of the day is still how is AgriCorp going to treat those bushels that are in the bins? Uh, because there seems to be still a lot of unsure uh, messaging out there uh, of how that's going to be treated. And um, uh, from AgriCorp's side yesterday, they're saying that they are working uh, severely on that to making sure that it's getting cleared up as quick as possible. Now, you met with Minister Hardiman this morning, uh, yourself and Barry Sense and, and Deb Conlon. Um you mentioned some of the comments from the delegates to him um, about their situation with Don this year. What uh, what did you share with the minister and what was his reaction? Well, uh, the, what we shared with him in, a, in a actually a firm voice was that uh, the, um, the hurt is not only the issue of the disease that the corn had, it's the financial impact to the farmer directly. So by saying that, uh, we have to um, to really make sure that we approach this in the right way because our BRM programs that we have at the present time, which uh, we think or should cover off some of those shortfalls of income, do not work. So by saying that, the minister did acknowledge that we need to, mo- to work towards a strategy of coming up with a plan and uh, that plan uh, I think GFO has a big part to play but we're, we have to look at it at provincial and federal level so um, uh, we the discussion went even further than that is looking at cost of production what the cost is actually to grow a, a crop of corn and not only looking at financial impact uh, because again that can vary from farm to farm significantly and we I think we need to come up with some solid figures to back up some of the asks that uh, he has at the present time to answer um, the questions that uh, he has towards us and also of how he can initiate some of those programs that uh, he can maybe source some dollars from. Um, as well at the January district meetings, we'll be talking to some um, politicians as well. So in districts one through nine, except six, well, this year we'll be inviting MPs and MPPs out uh, to the district meetings. So uh, do you want to tell us more about that? Yes, um, we uh, proposed a new strategy to our um, delegates yesterday to um, propose to them of 
how we can get them engaged at the grassroots level to lobby and push the governments to get um, action taken from them to uh, cover off the shortfalls again. Like it's uh, today, it's the warm issue in, in the corn. Tomorrow, we don't know what's going to happen. There might be another crop that has an issue. We need to make sure that the uh, business management uh, portfolio actually gets addressed as soon as possible. And um, we also have to remember governments do not work in a, in a fast fashion. So by getting everybody engaged and pushing forward to it, so by creating that dialogue out in the countryside at the district meetings, it's going to be um, a way of getting the MPs and MPPs more informed uh, that they have the information that they need to talk for us to the government that they represent. And this way we, um, we're hoping that uh, we're not just the only ones that are going to be approaching government. It's got, we're going to have to work with them and uh, they are going to be an asset to us at, uh, for getting the achievements that we want. So the idea is we want delegates and farmer members to come to the meeting and share their stories about how they've been affected by Dawn and how that's impacted their farm. Yes, you're right on that because uh, an individual story says more than if we basically tell government as a broad ask is not alike than an individual story that has emotions that has feelings behind it, and it says the real impact to his business and its livelihood in the long run, too. So we really want all farmer members to come out to their January district meetings, and they can find that information about when and where their meeting is going to be held on our website at gfo.ca. Um, can you, Marcus, also fill us in just a little bit more on what we updated the um, delegates about in terms of what GFO has been doing specifically uh, on the Don issue in terms of an update maybe on the grain baggers and some of the other stuff we're working on? Yes. Um, in the last month, uh, there has been a lot of moving parts. Uh, being um, uh, being engaged in uh, some of the dialogue through those um, industry summits that the minister called together, uh, it, uh, the minister at the time had asked that um, everybody that's engaged and involved in this whole Don uh, and Vom issue needed to come up with uh, some creative ideas. So uh, as Grain Farmers Ontario, we came up with, um, first of all, um, investing $100,000 into research that uh, looks at how testing methods are being done and uh, what protocols should be followed and where the, uh, the mistakes happen to make sure that uh, we kind of take those factors out of the equation and uh, come up with um, a, a more precise testing uh, method. And uh, then we also um, invested in two grain baggers and also leased a grain bagger to uh, help store some of the grains, that's, uh, the corn that's actually coming off from the fields and uh, they're working at the moment with those machines at some elevators that uh, were interested to to cooperate with us on it and uh, actually it's going very well there's already uh, many thousands of bushels being bagged and uh, already put away and um, this is certainly going to help us also for the future to to see how that whole 
storage facility or uh, equipment could be used here in Ontario to store some of the crops because we are a growing industry. We will produce more crops as time goes on. So uh, those alternative storage capacities will be actually an asset also. It's interesting because they're used regularly out west, but it's sort of new technology here in Ontario. Yes, and uh, we have to remember the climates that we're working here in Ontario with are somewhat different. And uh, I think we uh, we do want to make sure that there's some research being done behind that. And uh, it is uh, something that can be explored for the future. And another aspect of um, Policy Day is taking a, a future look at the organization and doing some planning around that with our delegates while we have them all there. Um, so we looked at some strengths of the organization through a SWOT analysis. Uh, can you take us through some of that? Yes. Um, so by getting, uh, again, all the um, delegates engaged in this process, uh, it's the perfect time to look at where grain farmers of Ontario and the industry needs to go. So looking like a 10-year time span out, it's actually going to give us a better picture of how the organization should function and look at some uh, market development, uh, research and all that. So the uh, some of the uh, key points that came out as strength, of course, uh, we have to remember like markets are important for us. So market development, like I said before, uh, new um, uh, trade deals, um, I think research is also important and uh, we also have to say farmer engagement uh, is also another strength that uh, Grain Forest Ontario has because we are a grassroots organization. And there were also uh, obviously in that analysis in that discussion some of maybe the threats or the weaknesses of uh, the sector as a whole um, and ironically some of those weaknesses were also in some areas considered um, strengths as well so for example transportation we know that we have a great infrastructure when it comes to getting things shipped out of the province with our with the great lakes and like the port of hamilton but then in other areas that's also a weakness so um what were some of those other things that were identified in terms of being uh, maybe a weakness or a threat well a weakness that uh, we have to really consider is uh, how closely can we work together with government. Like often enough, uh, governments are are very slow to act, so it can become a weakness. Um, I think competition around the world becomes more and more um, a weakness also because we uh, we need to push harder. We need to access some of those markets. How quick can we get into those markets? Um, and then uh, access to technologies, um, because we, we know here in Ontario we, we lost actually some, some of the seed treatments. So this is uh, now a weakness for us because we, uh, we're losing something that's actually important for our industry to, to be competitive around the world. And I know public perception was another area we talked about um, as a concern and somewhere to work more on. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes. Uh, well, public perception, we, uh, we always have to remember that that one is one of the key items that's important to us because we are feeding the people that are actually asking for good quality food. And uh, if we cannot show to public of what we are doing on our farms and how we're doing it, uh, it becomes a very difficult conversation. So by being open and showing them and showcasing our farms to them, 
uh, it becomes a lot easier conversation to have with them. And uh, I think the trust level will just get easier from there on in. Now, we're, we're sitting here talking towards the end of December, and it's a good time, I guess, to sort of take assessment of the year that was. So for you, Marcus, uh, becoming chair at the beginning of the year, it's been uh, a bit of an eventful year for you. We were just talking before recording the podcast about the number of uh, kilometers that you put on your car uh, on behalf of Green Farmers of Ontario, and um, that's been a uh, quite a lot more involvement for you as chair. So what's been, I guess, some of the highlights or the key things that stand out for you over the past year? Yes, as uh, when I came into this role, um, I certainly didn't expect it to be so uh, so intense. Uh, I, uh, Even though I, you I, were I, on the executive beforehand. Yes, that's understandable, but uh, we did not know what the fall was going to be like. So, uh, Lucky uh, you. Yes, so by saying all that... Uh, uh, certainly, there's a few things that stick out. Like we are, we do have a new government in Ontario that was elected, and um, it is actually um, a lot easier to work with them, and uh, they're more approachable. And uh, we hope that they address some of our asks. Of course, uh, the 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 deliverables behind the government always becomes very difficult, but uh, we certainly hope that they get engaged. For example, uh, they just announced a bunch of things that are intended to reduce red tape. But one of our asks was the elimination of the neonic regulations, and that didn't happen. So some things we get and some things we haven't gotten yet. Um, on on the neonic regulation, it's all work in progress. Uh, I think the, uh, the government has to come to a level where they feel comfortable to, uh, to, ga- to engage us more on that one. Um, I can see it something that they will consider at a certain point, and uh, but again, it becomes to be still a public perception, and uh, a new government does not want to stick their hand out too far right at the beginning. They want to make sure that their the public is ready for a change like that. But uh, we certainly continue working on that regulation to be uh, removed because it's not something that's good for our farmers and uh, that we represent and uh, we do stay uncompetitive uh, against our counterparts around the world physically and uh, so by saying all that uh, we've uh, Grain Farmers Ontario has joined Grain Growers of Canada uh, as now a full-pledged member and uh, on that um, board, I am also now the vice chair. Uh, so this organization gives us that voice at, in Ottawa as a national grain organization. And uh, we can use it to uh, basically uh, get some of our concerns addressed and uh, work with them to, uh, to make sure that... Uh, we do have some pro- productive dialogue with the uh, Canadian government and also with uh, some other industries. And um, we also had some other issues we were looking uh, towards in 2018, uh, glyphosate being one issue we sort of dealt with. Uh, do you have any comments on that? Yes, well, glyphosate is actually at the moment under review by PRMRA. And uh, we know around the world it's being looked at at, at one of those chemicals that's... Uh, uh, that the public has a lot of fear behind, but uh, we have to remember it's actually one of the safest products that farmers use. Uh, 
because it it does we we use it at minute rates first of all we use it at uh, at safe rates at that do not uh, harm the environment so uh, we're hoping that PMRA does consider all the information on a science base to make the decision moving forward on it. It's difficult because that's one of the issues that have been in the news that a lot of people don't understand because of that lawsuit that was in California, um, you know, the the in indication that it caused cancer. But, you know, there's lots of other factors in that case that people don't take the full time to understand because they just go with the headlines. So, again, I think that leads back to the whole issue of uh, consumer perceptions and our need to address sort of public trust. Right, uh, like we have to be fully engaged in that conversation as uh, as an industry completely, because if we leave it up to the uh, registrant of the product, they are seen as the uh, the evil animal in all this. And us as farmers, we have the information that the consumer is looking for, and uh, we can showcase our farms to the public and showing them of what we do it doesn't matter if it's glyphosate if it's uh, neonics or if it's any other chemistry that we're using on the farm we're following uh, the labels we're following the guidelines we're following the uh, the way the product was registered here in canada which makes it more than safe to be used on our crops and those crops do not have any residuals in it that harm anybody. So it's a lot about public perception and getting out there and sharing our stories. Um, so 2019, when we look forward at that, that's coming into an election year. So what are some of our priorities for that year? Well, uh, the uh, federal election is uh, certainly one that we have to be engaged in severely, actually, because uh, everything is based on federal dollars that make actually systems work. So if we look at... Um, uh, businesses management tools, which uh, uh, the BRM review has been going on now for two years. At the uh, last FPT meeting in uh, Vancouver, our Minister of Agriculture, Ernie Ardeman, said that uh, it, the BRM suite of programs that we have in Ontario and in Canada are not working for our farmers. He, um, he acknowledges that there needs to be some work done. On the federal side, there seems to be a lot of hesitation to come up with solid commitments. And uh, we're hoping that by the end of this uh, review process, again by July, that there is something positive going to come out because we cannot uh, continue of just saying, well, let's hope we're going to get something someday. So because here in Ontario, we have the prime example again of what we need to cover off the shortfall of the uh, the vomitoxin in um, uh, disaster that we're having. So where are we going to be if nobody is stepping up to the plate? Like the farmers are always going to have to absorb that within their own industry. So we're talking about um, inviting the MPs as well as the MPPs out to the January meeting, and so that's another opportunity ahead of that federal election for politicians to connect with farmers and realize that. Hey, we're a big we're a big voting group. We're we have uh, you know we're we're 
strong in the economy um, and that, you know, farmers' voices and needs are important. So what would you say to the farmer members uh, if they have a chance to talk with uh, an MP or who's currently an MP or somebody that's running who wants to be an MP? Uh, what should they be telling them? Well, they should be telling them that they uh, the, the farming industry is one of the key drivers of the Canadian economy and uh, governments need to start to listen to us it's not that we uh, want to have anything more than any other industry. We just want to be viable, that we can, uh, that we can invest in our industry. And uh, at the end of a day, we're actually looking for that our future generations are able to continue farming on the farms that we're farming on today. You know, that brings up an interesting point because in the news recently, there's been that discussion about the GM plant closing in Oshawa. And one point of discussion that came up is in farming, you can't just pick up a farm and move it like you can a car plant. Exactly. And uh, it, it becomes more important as time goes on because the population around the world is growing. We, uh, we need to feed all those people and Canada has a big part to play in this whole growth of agriculture. So if we do not support agriculture itself, somebody else around the world, some other country, will take that market share away from us where we could have an, an awesome opportunity to be a part of. Now, we talked a lot about topics that are kind of doom and gloom a bit here. So why don't we end on a positive note, Marcus, sort of what are you hoping for in 2019? What's your sort of positive outlook for the year? Well, as a farmer, we always hope for the best crop ever. But, uh, <laughs> by, by saying that, uh, we, we certainly have to remember that uh, we're in the, at the mercy of, uh, of nature at its, uh, as it is, and uh, but uh, we do have parts to play in it. Uh, we are stewards of the land that protect the environment. Uh, we have to continue doing that. We need to, uh, to be engaged in dialogue with the public to uh, make sure that they understand our business of how we're doing it and uh, what needs to get done that we can uh, stay in business for the future. And um, also I think uh, getting engaged with the politicians which are the decision makers uh, is also a very important part. And um, I also encourage that all members, doesn't matter where you're from, have a talk with your MP and MPP and tell them your story and come out to our um, uh, district meetings and engage yourself uh, with the, the local farmers with, uh, and if the MPs, MPPs are invited, do that too. And if you're open enough to, uh, to join the organization, there might be a spot for you as a delegate on, uh, at the district level. So I invite you out all to come and join us. I think that's some, and especially those grassroots stories, I think that's going to be so important. And uh, the district meetings are definitely a good, a good place to sort of start that. So thank you for being on the podcast today, Marcus. I think that was a great look at the last year and some, some hopeful ideas for the year ahead in 2019. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our Grain Talk podcast. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. For more ways to connect with us, including the latest webinar, market report, and our e-newsletter, go to gfo.ca slash grain talk. 
A special thank you to our guest, Marcus Hurl, and thanks to our producer, Mark Carter. Help us grow our Green Talk podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And reviews really help us grow and uh, reach more listeners. So please leave uh, a review on iTunes and a five-star rating.